Pints and Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fights. Wham, bam, space jam. Rhea Ripley gonna give you a body slam. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm Halvira Lublin, Minister of the Dark, and I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Dan Pira, Danielle Radford. I love that. And also, one of these days, I'm actually going to make you listen to the Space Jam song. Uh, it's no. going to be amazing for me and terrible Please, for you. I, you know what? Go ahead. But all I'm going to hear is wham, bam, Space Jam. Bugs Bunny's here with a big slam. Michael Jordan's around. Sean Bradley, too. Space Jam for me and Space Jam for you. That's it, though. How did you know that without oh, hearing it? How did perfect. you know that? Wow. It's just, I'm such a huge basketball fan. That's it. And I That's love films. And I love the animated characters of Warner Brothers. Yeah. And you're a master of so, music. So it made perfect yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense. It's just, the Venn diagram <laughs> is just one big circle. That other voice you heard is drag me to Kelk, Lindsay Kelk. I would drag everyone. <laughs> Drag everyone to Kelk right now. Oh, she is literally. Literally. I mean, I'm on my way to England for a book tour. I will physically drag you to Kelk if if possible (laughs) because I uh, need people in the room. So don't make me drag you, but I will do it. (laughs) (laughs) I want to prep everybody who's listening to be aware that you are not going to be here for one entire month. So so sad. I'm this pouting. episode, you'll have to listen to it a bunch of times. And if you miss <laughs> Lindsay, you can edit things that she's saying in this episode into other episodes. You can cut it up and make different things. I mm-hmm. could just like leave some zingers at the end of this week for Julian to cut in every so often, just so it feels like I'm around. I could just go like, how? Or like, oh my God, Danielle, over and over and over. Look, a soundboard. <laughs> yes, exactly. Also, we could just like gump them together. So let's be like, CM Punk is a twat. And like, I'm sure that that will fit no matter it, what. It, it would be twat in my dialect, but it would also be accurate. Uh, but yes, there you go. There's a twat for you, Julian. There's a, there's a twat for you. What a kid. Just throw in a twat anywhere we go. What a... I won't. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Twats and twats. I'm going to be away and I'm so sad. So sad. Yeah. We'll miss you. But but at least you're going away for good reasons. Yes. Yes. Kind of. And you'll come back the conquering hero of of a UK book tour. One chooses to believe that that is true and correct. Yes. yes. One does. Two do. Three. <laughs> Four, that's Julian, a, Julian, there family. it is. Julian's Four. still really stuck on me saying there's a twat for you, Julian. Like, he, he's never coming back from that. He's never coming back. Four, Sorry Four. if you're Put driving the ball right on the now. Floor. Shoot a three-pointer and give me some more. Space Jam. <laughs> Why did you not become a Space rapper? Space Jam. This is like I have really good flow. I have a dream, like a serious dream, that I'm actually like secretly good at rapping, but I know I'm not. And it's and it kills all I'm me. gonna say is we have a podcast rapper on you know make this dream come no, true. I know. Al. If I Mike know. can be I a wrestler, hear, you can be a I rapper. I hear my wife in the hallway. If I asked her right now, she'd probably nicely say that I was good at it. Oh. Ask you a question. <laughs> We're recording right now, Jennifer. This is for tights and fights. Hi, Jennifer. You... Oh shoot, Jennifer sighting. Jennifer sighting. Jennifer sighting. Do you think I'm a good rapper? Be honest. Into the mic. 
You're great at everything. See? Aww. She's so she's so I kind. Love love. She get yourself food. It's get hot. yourself one here? of those. I'm gonna see what's in here. <laughs> she brought me I bet you this is an egg breakfast sandwich. <gasps> it's an egg breakfast sandwich. Wow. This is love. love. This is a bacon. real life get yourself someone who looks at you like hell. So <laughs> Anyway, she's very kind. I'm not uh that's not uh it's not true. <laughs> Halloween is this Monday. Yes. But in NXT, Halloween came early. Halloween Havoc happened this past weekend. The least surprising things are Braun Breaker re- retaining his championship. Mm-hmm. Mandy Rose retaining her championship. The big surprise, though, is the debut of The Rock's eldest daughter yes. as Ava Rain. The love and acceptance the schism has given me defies any preconceived notions of who I'm supposed to be. This family completes me. I am Ava Rain. Who's a part of, I can't, I, was it Schism? Schism? Isn't that the name of She's Schism? She's a part of Schism, which is just a little bit too close to Jism, isn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's be brutally honest. There's no way those scousers aren't saying that backstage. That's what <laughs> scousers. You are getting ready to go home. I have. But you've got two scousers in schism. There is no way that those two men have not referred to it as jism. It's just not legally possible. Oh, for sure. They giggle, they giggle about it all the time. That's what that Joe Gacy, that smile, that's no, he yoshes it. Then he goes, he does that weird Grinch smile. This is, this is the rock's daughter. Yes. yes. The Rock being, let's say, one of the top three talkers in the history of pro wrestling. You can mm-hmm. make a case for number one. You wouldn't be wrong in making that case. And like uh, the top and ten so, liquor sellers in wrestling? <laughs> Terramana and Zoa, both available at your <laughs> local store. And the one with the most HBO series under his belt. Truly. Also true. One. Yeah. So the pressure, the first time you open your mouth to talk into a microphone has to be huge because this is your father. You've chosen to go into what was his profession. This is your passion. Now you're pursuing it. And you're appearing on screen for the first time talking to the microphone. Danielle, how do you think she did? And where do you see her going? In a very too early to call way. Look, you know it's never going to be a good Danielle take when it starts with look. Um, (laughs) Listen. Also not a good way for me to start this. Um, it's like with, you've sat down in the guidance counselor's office and you're like, look, I, look. I'm, I'm not here's, mad. But. Here's the thing. I We got to stop putting so much pressure on these folks because like we did the same thing with Roman and then they kept trying to make Roman do rock promos and it was like, oh, that's not your lane. Oh, get out of that lane. She did fine. She didn't, like, it wasn't a sock knocker offer, but, like, not everything needs to be. It was her first time talking into a microphone on television. I think that she has nothing but upside. I need to see more of her to know what I feel. Because what I'm trying to do is I don't think it's fair to compare her to her dad. And I wouldn't wish that pressure on anyone. And the fact that she is going into wrestling means that she's got to love it. 
because it is their family business. But it's also like because of that, you're already like the microscope is on you. And so I like that she's not in the bloodline. I like that she's got a name that isn't about her dad. I hope that they don't fucking mention her dad, even though. God, it's like he copy pasted his face on a woman. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's no Danny in there. There is no was she Danny in the room? In that face. Was Danny in the room? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want her to be able to have the same chance to like pass or fail, and who knows? Maybe she will be the rock where she winds up getting to the heights of whatever maybe she'll be an axel where it'll be like wait your dad was who maybe she'll be a dominic she won't be a dominic she's already been training for too long to be a dominic and so as a young superstar having their first appearance cool i'm excited to see where it goes i am recognizing that again this nxt is also very much about being development And so it isn't like she was dropped on the main roster. She is developing. Let's let her develop. Certainly fair to say. On the other hand, it's impossible in the year of our Flying Spaghetti Monster 2022 to separate her from her family legacy because she was trending on Twitter. How often does someone debuting on NXT? You know, sometimes I have to look at something and go, is this trending because... I like wrestling or is it trending everywhere? And it seems like yeah. it was being talked about all over the place. Yeah. yeah. And the headline was The Rock's Daughter Makes Her Debut. And she did make reference to it, you know? She made reference yeah, to She did. Yeah. You know, family stuff. But uh, yeah, no, like Pebble how was trending, not, you know? <laughs> Which is funny. Yeah. Go on. So Lindsay, my my question is, how does she stand at like it's I think it's a mistake not to not to point out the legacy. I think it it worked for The Rock eventually. Even Curtis Axel was a nod to mm-hmm. to both his father yeah, yeah, yeah. and his grandfather at the same time. Mm-hmm. How does she take advantage of that legacy that's impossible to ignore while still carving out her own path? It's tough with where they've put her, I think, because it's dangerously close to what our good friend, friend of the pod, Dominic, is doing right now, which is I am part of this legacy. I have this legacy, but I'm rejecting it. Mm-hmm. which seemed to be from her brief promo what she was saying is, you know, I'm with this family. I finally found a family where I belong. And it's like, oh, it's she's like, who the fuck is it, she's not saying it. And yet, why do you want to be part of Jism when you could be part <laughs> of the, the bloodline? That's it now. It's canon. It's canon. <laughs> Curious to see. I got a whiff of Charlotte about it, too. You know, when Charlotte first debuted, it was mm-hmm. we knew, but we didn't know. And Charlotte took a long time to find her feet and it didn't hurt her things are different now nxt's on tv there's different expectations yeah my biggest problem was i really hated that dress i really hated that dress y'all what was that mask was so whack like yeah it was like a lego head and then just some weird cast off alexa bliss they got it in for the alexa bliss zombie thing and it didn't work out like we can't wrestle in that frock um, and it's doing nothing for anyone. <laughs> I would have liked to see her in badass ring gear. Like, come out and make a statement. Come out and say, yes. this is who I am. Be a wrestler. Yeah, be a wrestler. Come out and say that and do that. Because that weird black vinyl Alice in Wonderland frock didn't do it for me. I did think it at first. I was like, oh, is it a Batshiva? And I love Batshiva, but also not in the ring. <laughs> that, was <my> biggest, <laughs> that was my biggest problem. I thought she handled it with grace. I thought she handled being on the mic the first time and everyone's insane reaction 
and a very yeah. tight close up, which I would not care for. It was very much like that was a wild. That was like a Tom Hooper ass fucking close up. Oh yeah, she's I gonna start singing waiting- "I Dreamed a Dream," and it's like yeah. <laughs> game over. I'm giving her grace on it, and like we'll see. It was it incredible. Knock me off. Was it a sock knocker offer, Danielle? No, but <laughs> was it an absolutely passable debut with a massive yes. pressure, lot of pressure on it? Sure. I'm not the world's biggest Jism fan. So I am curious to see where she fits in with it and where it goes. There is potential, and I'm not saying this should happen, and I think it's what's going to happen, but if she were to to develop quickly, hmm. and if they have been laying a foundation for a Rock Roman Reigns WrestleMania match where the Rock puts him over, hmm. and then and then they take the title off of him with Bray Wyatt or whoever whoever's waiting in the wings. Mm-hmm. Then having her in the middle of that would add a a personal and compelling layer to the story. If she were ready to join the bloodline, her making that choice really is like that gives Roman Reigns a a, manipula- a manipulative heel psychological edge mm. over the Rock and makes it even more. I know there's no, you know nothing's more important than family. If if there's anything. That we've learned from just from film and culture in general. That's that's <laughs> true. And yet weirdly not life. Which is so weird. Which is so weird. <laughs> no, no, no. Life life would tell us something different, but <laughs> nothing's more important than family. I've seen like Lilo and Stitch. I know how this goes. <laughs> no. Uh I do uh Ohana. Um I do I don't know. I like the faction era. I like a faction, but I mostly like them when they have at least like one or two bitches in it. Like I like a faction where it has at women. least one or two bitches. Yeah. Like I want a fa- like I don't like the factions that are all like, oh, we're all dudes and we're like, Burr. if she gets to the point where she's good enough, her versus Rhea would be pretty fucking fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, I would like to see her against Charlotte. If we're doing daddy versus daddy. Yeah. Assuming that yeah, Charlotte I mean, still wants to wrestle. Yeah, I don't assuming know. she still works there. I don't know if she still goes there. We don't know how he was going to look in the ring. At like, you know, nope, no sometimes idea. Sometimes things develop at different speeds. But you talked about how every faction should have at least one woman in it. Mm-hmm. I think that Judgment Day reaped the benefits of that on Monday night when... <sighs> During the Carl Anderson Finn Balor match, everything went crazy on the outside. <laughs> AJ Styles is attacking Dominic, and then he gets cleared out by Damian Priest, who then gets cleared out by Luke Gallows, who then gets thrown into the post and body slammed by Rhea Ripley. Oh, say and- it again, Hal. Say it again. <laughs> One more time. Oh, wait a second. Ripley. Gallows into the post. Rhea Ripley's coming. Oh, my God. Luke Gallows. Oh, my God. She scooped him up, <sighs> full body, like not even, you know, when, when Hulk Hogan body slammed Andre the Giant at WrestleMania I mean, 3 sit in front on his of tippy 8 toes. billion people <laughs> in the Pontiac Silverdome. He got, he got a, uh, I think the last retelling, Andre weighed 5,000 pounds. He got him up, like, <laughs> enough to turn him over, but not like that full up over the yep. shoulder. He did not get a slam. ton of clearance. Uh-uh. Rhea Ripley... 
And I understand with that that the person is pushing off the leg and helping, but yes. you still have to be able to hold them and slam them down. And it looked so good. Man, I'll tell you, I know I know you've been talking about her as the next China. Zero disrespect to China, who I who I was a big fan of and who crawled and walked so a million women could fly. Yes. But I think Rhea Ripley is something completely different because China never wrestled women un- until I think it was WrestleMania 2001 when mm. she won the title in like 10 seconds off of Ivory. Yeah. Like she was kept separate. She was a special attraction. The big deal was that she was big and muscular and could fight the guys as opposed to Rhea Ripley, who was dominant in NXT, then mm-hmm. came in and had success, but lost to Charlotte, has been back and forth. But this personality and what she's done with Judgment Day, her promo personality and all of her work outside of wrestling is through the roof. She's mm-hmm. obviously been dealing with injuries, but she's such a gifted wrestler who can scrap with any, like she will fight mm-hmm. anybody. Yes. And that I don't think we've seen before. We've seen before. Uh, we, we haven't seen anybody in the in the women's division that I can think of. Maybe Beth Phoenix. Yeah. 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 Well, and I feel like Beth Natalia's had, be, yeah, and Natalia's had her moments, yeah. yeah. And Beth is like the proto Rhea. Like if Beth had been allowed yes. to go, she could have yes. done it. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Rhea is Beth off the leash, you know, like hundred percent. This idea of like being me. given the license to like, I'll I will fucking fight anybody. I've watched that slam. Oh, I don't know, an unhealthy amount of times. She cradles that man's neck like he a little baby before <laughs> she puts him. <laughs> down it's the control that she has and yes like you like you said it, it takes two people to body slam because you, you consent but so well, takes, i couldn't do it like, I, I couldn't do it she did it and like because even if look you could be light as a feather stiff as a board and i'd still be like but i don't have a back like i'm halfway waiting for the lion king music to start um and then just slamming him down it was so gorgeous and controlled and taken care of and just have that play at my funeral. Don't even talk about me. We rewound it and watched it three times in a row. Oh, at, I know Jeff loved Jeff's that shit. request. I took a photo of Jeff filming it on his phone from the television to send to people. And I sent that photo <laughs> to Danielle and Jeff can never know. But I, I, I filmed him filming the TV when we watched the body slam for the third time. <laughs> like, babe, if you wait two minutes, I'll be a gif. But he couldn't wait two minutes because it was the greatest yeah. moment to have ever happened on television wrestling. I mean, it's really, it really very great. good. Every time Omos <laughs> comes out now with Braun Strowman and they're like, here's Omos kicking the ass of three jobbers. I'm like, put Rhea in there and finish this. Like, yeah. just, just sit that man finish down. Them. Sit both of these men down. Because Rhea's going to come in, slap their faces, and it's over. It's over for all those bitches. Like, that's uh. what I know. <laughs> I mean, we've talked oh. about wanting the mixed max, the wanting the mixed... We've talked about wanting the mixed match challenge back. Mick-Mack Paddywhack. Mick-Mack Paddywhack <laughs> Space Jam. <laughs> it would be worth it just to have her and Finn Balor on a team together where she's the enforcer. She is the diesel to his HBK. Yeah. I did notice this week on commentary they referred to Rhea as the mastermind behind Judgment Day. And I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for thank that you. acknowledgement. And although I do wish they'd stop saying that Finn Balor made Edge say I quit because Finn Balor didn't make Edge say I quit. No. Rhea Ripley made Edge say I quit yep. by threatening to bash his wife's head in and then doing it anyway. Let's yep. put respect where respect is due. And it's, yep. it's on Rhea. It's all on yep. Rhea. Who's it's getting Dom Rhea. over? Rhea. Who's giving 
<sighs> Damien, time to shine. Rhea, who is doing slightly not great promos because he's just not believable because he's just such a sweetie. Finn. So I I love him. <laughs> he's such he's, a sweetie. I, he just feels like he's giggling every time he does the puns. <laughs> He loves a pun. He yeah, loves he, a pun. That's why him and Becky are friends. Just Irish folks who love puns. Punning. Punning like crazy. But it's Rhea <laughs> that gives the whole team legitimacy to me. It's Rhea that makes it believable, that's holding it together. And it's the greatest moment of all time. Maybe they need a new segment on on Raw where it's it's just Becky and, and Finn sitting in a pub while wild mountain time plays just going back and forth with puns (laughs) i would pay a lot of money to see them reenact the honeybee scene from wild mountain time (laughs) and if you don't know what that is people google it it will come up and then tell me you don't want to see becky lynch and finn Balor reenact that scene for me you can't shock me i have thought of everything i've made my peace with it All right. Okay. I believe that I'm a honeybee. <laughs> uh, also on Raw, we got the new look Baron Corbin with his new manager, JBL. Baron Corbin is one of those guys. I think he's underappreciated, and I also think he's underrated. I think he's he's really good in the ring. I think he's really good at establishing his persona and committing to it. I'm not sure what JBL, if if he needs a mouthpiece and if JBL's the person to do it. Danielle, do you think gut reaction, like this is something that's going to take him to new heights? Gut reaction, where the fuck is JBL's Taylor? (laughs) Those pants, those enormous pants. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry, that's my gut reaction. Did he have to borrow a suit from Booker? What the fuck? (laughs) Like, why are you wearing one of Big E's suits? Did you shop at Shaq's R Us? What are we doing? Why are you wearing something that's 20 sizes bigger than you We are? said the same thing. Why are those pants so long and so wide? It's so long and so wide. You could sail well, a looks ship like in me, those pants. He looks like me going to a rave in the year 2000. <laughs> like, just trying to find places to hide my drugs. Does he have a crotch pocket? He has a crotch pocket. <laughs> But he probably keeps an extra hat in there because that suit is so big. I'm sorry. I know this is about wrestling. No, no, no. I I was really surprised by it because I never really got on board with Baron Corbin with the lone wolf thing. I was like, cut your hair, you dreadful man. Until he was broke ass or bum ass uh, Corbin. I want to say Corden, but that's a different podcast. (laughs) That's a different terminal. That's terminally online with Lindsay and Danielle when we talk about (laughs) James Corden and the Oak Only Omelette. I was never into it when he was, until he was poor and covered in bean juice. And then I realized how much potential he had. And then I was like, oh shit. Okay, this is where he should be. He has a personality. He's not just a stroppy baby. He's not a stroppy man baby with terrible hair who's a wolf. In a jacket. Arr. Eating his Chipotle bowl. Right, eating his Chipotle bowl. I'll but never it get over it. It hadn't occurred to me <laughs> how many times they've turned him around and represented him and repackaged him until Johnny brought it up. And I was like, oh shit. Johnny just called him out on um, uh, who are you and what are you. I mean, I'm very pleased that he's wearing wrestling gear again and not just clothes. Because I don't agree right. with clothes uh, in yeah. the ring. The hat is gone. Is the hat gone? 
I'm so confused hat. because I'm like, yeah, actually, you're right, Johnny. He has been packaged many, many, many times. But I don't understand the JBL of it all. Baron's a great talker. Yes. Baron, as we learned from Sad Corbin, is best when he's talking because mm-hmm. he has a real ability to tap into a personality and make a connection. Yep. So why is he now suddenly being teamed up with Bermuda's own JBL? <laughs> JBXXXL? What <laughs> size are those clothes? They're so big. Those pants are so big. It's <laughs> too big. It's yeah. too big. I feel like maybe his suitcase got lost and he panic bought something at the big and tall store. I and they were like, you don't need to be, be in here, sir. You can go to the regular store. And he was like, no, I'm telling you, I need the big and tall I store. I am both and big like, oh, and okay. tall. Yeah. It's like the guy that buys the Magnum when he doesn't need the Magnum. You know, but it makes him feel better. <laughs> maybe it's that. But it's just going to slip off. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe Vince left a suit and he borrowed it. I don't know. Oh, in, in case of emergency break glass. Yeah, it's just lover one of, of like, huge Vince's suits. <laughs> lover of a large suit. He does love a large suit. And they were oh, so keen no. to get him the fuck out of there. <laughs> like He did not pick it up. And now they just take it from show to show for, for a chuckle. <laughs> They're like, oh my god, we still got that fucking suit. <laughs> uh, maybe it's that. There has to be a reason. I don't want to talk about anything else for the rest of the episode, Julian. All we're going to talk about <laughs> is sorry, why JBL was wearing such an enormous suit. Look, I Body just don't, where, and where is suits. Farouk when we need him? <laughs> Farouk, help uh, your mans. Why didn't he look down and just say, damn? <laughs> Thank you. I don't know where the, that falls in the locker room code. Out yeah. of respect for a legend, are you supposed to clue him in? Are you supposed to smarten him up to the yeah. state of his trousers, <laughs> his trues? Or do you have to say, no, sir, I think uh, that looks great, actually. It's a, yeah, the fit is working for you. It's, it's happening, good. and we love it. Big, I don't wide know. Pants. Yeah. What happened in Fit Check with JBL? I don't know. Fit <laughs> Check? Oh, that's the show. Man, I missed the network. I would have pitched that immediately. Immediately. Like Billy on the street, but it's JBL yes. on the street checking fits. Ma'am, for a dollar, what's wrong with these pants? <laughs> I will Bianca give Belair. him a dollar and I will pay to have them tailored. I have a great guy. It's just guy. Bianca Belair who does her own wardrobe and she's like, everything. Yeah. Oh, she would be like, take them off. Give them here. <laughs> like, I will fix them in 15 minutes. Some lucky tailor is going to make two pairs of pants for him out of that one pair. <laughs> That's the miracle of Hanukkah. That one pair made eight pairs of pants. Maybe that's that's why he's still wearing them because Hanukkah is almost upon us. Like that's that's it's, it. We're so close. Yeah, he's just keeping them. <laughs> Everybody's on for now. talking about how oh Hanukkah's around for as soon as as soon as Halloween ends, it's Hanukkah season. <laughs> it that's is what everyone me. says. That's what everyone, that's what everyone says. says. All the Hanukkah decorations are up. Can't move for Hanukkah decorations in Michaels. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it feels like Hanukkah's starting earlier and earlier every year. Each year. Every, every year. year. It started at my birthday, which, as we all know, is the sacred birthday of Beyonce. Hallowed be mm-hmm. her name. <laughs> well, as everybody gets ready to celebrate the triumph of Judah and the Maccabees, you can tell us what you thought about this week in wrestling, what stood out to you, what you loved over on our Facebook group. And you can hear more about what we thought about wrestling on our Twitter pages. When we come back, we've got some spooky Halloween music for you to enjoy. That's Ooh. up next on Tights and I'm Jesse Thorne. On the next Bullseye, our annual Halloween Spectacular. 
We'll interview Anna Fabrega from Los Espookies, Monet Exchange from Drag Race, and the great R.L. Stein, creator of Goosebumps. You know, I don't really get too deep into the real fears. It's a lot safer to do a dummy coming to life. That's on the next Bullseye for MaximumFun.org and NPR. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by... Danielle Radford. And... Lindsay Kelk. It's time for us to do a deep dive of how a wrestler's music evolved with them over the course of their careers. This is Ringtones. This conversation's over! Play my music! Hit the music! Hit the trumpets! <laughs> I should add uh, Heyman doing the trumpets there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, do, 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 do. <laughs> Bray Wyatt is one of the biggest stars of the last 15 years in wrestling, and his arc has taken him from generic wrestler to cult leader to monster to lovable auteur with new music at every phase. Mm. So let's dive in. Husky Harris. The grandson, the grandson of Blackjack Mulligan and the son of Mike Rotunda, a.k.a. IRS, as many of you may remember him, that don't know oh, him from his tag team with Barry Windham. That's the reason why Windham Rotunda is named after Barry Windham, his former mm-hmm. tag team partner. They wrestled together at the first WrestleMania. Look it up. Uh, here is Husky Harris's music. This is in FCW. Uh, mm. Yeah, and he also carried it with him over to to, to NXT on the when yeah. it was a reality show. And yes, yes. Who? That's the Jimmy's Johnson that's ever Jim Johnson. <laughs> we do a lot of these, and it's just always so much guitar, just so much garage guitar. Look. Jim learned about grunge and about alternative music in the late 90s and just was like, this is what we do now. Yeah. He's like, I've learned about enough music. This is music. That's it. Yeah. yeah like, we. this is what the kids like. And you know what? He wasn't wrong because we kept redoing that as a culture for years. So good on you, the legend. Yeah. Get those effects pedals out. I feel like I'm in the corn cage. <laughs> when i was uh 16 or 17 i tried to get in the corn cage and they were like you're not of age and i was like but boobs and they were like you're not of age i was oh, like wow but black Aww. boobs and they're like you're not of age and i was I like okay. didn't work. fine those people, corn those people cared about their jobs wow pleasantly <laughs> surprised <laughs> Very weird to see Bray Wyatt as just a, a normal wrestler. Like, yeah. you accuse yeah. Bray of being a lot of things, but just a dude is just weird to see. Husky <laughs> yeah. Harris was just a dude. He was a big doesn't dude. Doesn't even have the dreads. Doesn't even no, have the questionable No, doesn't even have the locks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, he's just a regular dude. And then, of course. You're right, locks. Apologies. They're dreads when they're on white people. It's fine. Then the class from NXT becomes the Nexus, and they all have the same music. Here, just in case you didn't remember. Here's the sweet, sweet tunes coming in at number two on the charts. <laughs> it's the Nexus theme song on K101 Wrestling Radio. It's literally Green Day. <laughs> Green Day wishes. Green Day wishes they could put this in American Idiot, the Broadway play. Like. Yeah. 
There was a time. There was a time you would have to hear this four or five different times on Raw. Yeah. Yeah. As different members of the Nexus made that their way out. That was a time, Julian, where that would be on a radio station four different times an hour. So be <laughs> pleased that you weren't alive for that. So. You no, know, I wish. <laughs> I wish they had just straight ripped it and gone like. Even though there's 28 of us wrestling 20 times, taking over the show, even though you won't remember who all of us are. Anyway. My biggest problem with it is this is we we walk alone and it's like, lads. You're, you're not one, are you? You're not you one. Alone. You say we. No, How can we be one, you dumb yeah. fucks? Sorry. It's literally the bitch. point of... <laughs> it, it, you dumb bitch. It reminds me of... Uh, 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 what, what's that movie uh, uh, where uh, it's got like Adam Sandler. I can't remember the name of it right now, but they call themselves the Lone Rangers. Airheads. Airheads. Thank you. And people are like, you can't be the Lone Rangers. There's three there's of you. Three yeah. of you. Yeah. It's like you can't walk alone if there's five of you. How like, many people did that music go through? How many the- people had a chance to say, wait, wait, we listened to Ironic by Alanis and it's, it's not ironic. None of that's irony. It's largely coincidence. <laughs> Mostly unfortunate. Right? Yeah. Mostly unfortunate coincidence, Alanis. No one checked you on this? No. And then they listened to this and they were like, yeah, same person. Same person who proofread this. It's not cool. The song says uh, walk alone and then, but then like five of them struggle to the ring every time arm in arm like it's the beginning of it's a living yeah like doing kissing, kissing just, on each other and hugging I and wish, like having a nice uh, time <laughs> i just wish that had been the theme song again like instead like coming to the ring nexus life's not the french riviera <laughs> believe me that would have been great nobody takes my ideas of wrestling it should have been I, this is this better. is what when they did that basically like the parody of the Gap commercial where they did Sharks versus the Jets. Yeah. They should have just been like, yeah. when you're in Nexus and Nexus all the way. Like, that's <laughs> what they were. You were a gang that was There's taking over. So that was your first thing. They could have done something from Newsies. They could have done something. From, oh. They could have done something from Annie. You know, they're like sad little orphans. They could have been done It's a Hard Knock Life. It would have been a dog okay. Let's say this, though. I, you would have watched Husky Harris do Santa Fe. Yes. Yes, I would. Yes, I, I would love to see and I still would. walk in. So it's still on the <laughs> table. Even with what he is now. <laughs> they go to the ring away. Barrett's like, I think we're going to like it here. <laughs> oh, I think we're going to like it here. <laughs> but they go. So he heads back to NXT. He heads back retooling. to Broadway. Sorry. He's back. Back in old Broadway. Back to Broadway. Your home. And he's repackaged as the swamp-living cult leader Bray Wyatt, and this is his entrance music. Maybe you remember it. All right, maybe we do need to put visuals of the podcast up this week. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of dancing this week. It's a lot of cheer dancing this this week. Al has put up his phone's flashlight as a very lonely firefly. <laughs> do you want me to do it with my iPad like a true 42-year-old white woman? Oh, yeah. Do it like a grandma at Disneyland? We're not that old. No pictures on the iPad. Get in front of the astral orbiter. <laughs> this is, I'm sorry. I know we've gotten different versions, 
and you may like one version better than another of Bray Wyatt, but I think this is the best music. This, this is, is the best. I'm sorry, this I is the best music. It. Absolute peak. It's got to be like one of the best themed entrances ever, right? It's got to be. It's yes. got to be. Look, there are some themes that I do put on when I'm like, I got to push through those last couple of minutes on this fucking bike. And the only way I'm going to do it is if I listen to Sasha's original it's theme. <laughs> like, Sasha's on my spinning playlist. Sasha and Shinsuke I have on my... Yes. We're nearly We're fucking like, there. Look, We're nearly I got to push through, push through, believe in yourself, believe in yourself. But that's like, that was a song where I was like, no, I'm just going to like, actually download this and listen to it because it hits on every level it's a good song and it's a great entrance theme i i and so few the visuals baby right everything works together on every level like you can have a lot of great entrance themes that that really nail the character and make you pumped for the match but they're not good songs they don't stand alone as a functioning piece of music says musicologist Lindsay Kelk. Uh, hey. Noted young lady and musicologist. <laughs> but this just, it works everywhere. And I I saw it live at WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans. And it was fucking nuts. It was so good. I can't imagine the energy. It was mm-hmm. so special. It was just genuinely so special. I love that song. I want to hear it all the time. I know, I know. It's fine. I actually okay want Julian it. to play it again so that we can just like vibe just out. it's just a good tune. Thank you. <laughs> Look at that baseline. It's so good. I do. I feel like a. Uh, I feel like a groupie uh, during like one of those movies where it's like, oh, here's where the groupies come in. It's like, yeah, I'm the groupie. <laughs> I brought my cell phone light back out. Yes, yes. baby. <sighs> so good. So good. So then he becomes the fiend. Mm-hmm. Start to get a break in his personality. And then this becomes uh, his song, which is a reinterpretation of what we just heard. Here it is. And it had been a while since we'd seen Bray make his entrance. Yes. Uh, he, he was yes. gone for yeah, a while. Disappeared. Um, so none of us really knew what to expect when he uh, made his, his mm-hmm. return at SummerSlam in the ring. But it's very produced. Julian, hold on. Cut this music. Play the original Husky Harris theme again for me. Oh. Same song. It's Pretty a slightly close. faster head uh, head banging on the first one. It's a slightly faster mm-hmm. nod. But I hear what you're saying. I'm going to go ahead uh, a little bit further into the to the next one where it actually has the lyrics to uh, to his old I theme. Get up, I like the Evan. I did like the Evanescence version. <laughs> it's not actually that. I hate, I hate when they redo. Like I used to dread every time during the Attitude Era they came out with an album. And they would redo everybody's theme, and then you had to listen to, with the exception of Run DMC's, uh, which was amazing, the, the their DX. The King of Rock, who would be my hobby and job? Like they do that. Would be my hobby and it's job. Great. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but by and large, it's like, oh, I like the original. Music. Yeah, this was so good. good. I feel so bad because an actual band made that song, and then they just bought it, and <laughs> they we're don't all care like, what we think. 
I, well, the money's I, out I, there. I, I don't know what their names are. That's what makes me feel bad. It's like I didn't research. It's they got to ladies. play at WrestleMania. What a lovely day for them. <laughs> yeah, it's been one week since I called a fly. <laughs> I think the thing that like makes it like at least work is that thematically the fiend was supposed to be more twisted. It yes. wasn't yeah. like, hey, Ray's changing up his music because we got this great band to play his music yeah. again. Yes, the yes. fiend was supposed to be scarier than Bray was. So they're like, what if we? made it a little bit heavier and distorted the hell out of the guitar every time. You know, what's scary for wrestling fans is women. (laughs) (laughs) I love the idea that he like went to another very dark place and was overtaken by this dark passenger fiend character who controls him and it's just really deep and scary and he has no control over it but he also managed to go and get his music remixed like like did the yeah. fiend was he just overtaken one day and then the fiend popped into production and was like oh hi um it's me the fiend uh i'm really dark now <laughs> hi, hi it's me i'm the fiend and i have thoughts <laughs> I just, I'm just very we can't curious. make it about not Taylor. I nearly made it about Taylor when we said about it, calling back to his old records and his old work. But I wasn't, I wasn't going to. I managed to hold it in. I didn't to hold it in. Midnight's would be the Fiend's favorite Taylor record. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. He could come out to Midnight Rain. Anyway, let moving on. <laughs> I'm so proud of the restraint I'm showing right now. During that same period, we had the Firefly Funhouse version when he was not the Fiend, when he was Bray in his sweater. Here's that theme. You know, wrestling. <laughs> no. I actually did think this was really fun. I tried to shake my head, but I couldn't do it. I was like... It's like, again, thematically, it makes sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, I love friendship, so... I love friendship. Yeah. She's doing too much with the vocal. Like, yeah, no, it's she's trying very hard. What if that was the same singer as the other song? That it might be. What if it's JoJo? (laughs) I could see JoJo is a singer. Remember, she did do she did the national anthem. (laughs) She did the national anthem. Or American. I'm really glad that you're mine. Yeah, doing too much. Frame. The fact that she's doing too much only adds credence to the theory that it is JoJo singing that. <laughs> the JoJo theory. Josephine! <laughs> she sat at home uh, with the two tiny horses laying down the vocals. Yeah. <sighs> it's really just. <laughs> We're now in the White Rabbit era of Bray Wyatt. We don't know who he's talking to. The, the promo he cut in the ring might not have been for us. Maybe it's whoever he's talking to vaccination maybe it's whoever it is in that sam elliott mask we're gonna find out (laughs) soon enough but for now here is the new music that is accompanying these promos the fiend obliges (laughs) i still don't know what to think about it yet but it's kind of exciting because i don't know i like when i don't know things and then I get to speculate. And I have faith because they've delivered so far. Yes. So I'm still able yes. to be excited about it. Comes on also, a bit though, uh, doesn't it? It's an Undertaker-style slow burn. Yes. I think I know how this song goes. 
I think it goes, when I was a young boy, my father took me into the city to see a marching band. Isn't that right? Yes, that's exactly how it goes. <laughs> to quote my nana, it's just a lot of noise. It's just yeah. a lot of noise. It's not a song. I'm going to mix it just a little bit ahead so we can get to like the actual hook of the song. I know that Y2K is back, but let's leave Papa Roach where they were. Let's, <laughs> yeah. say, let's say no to Linkin Park. Teach your kids to say no. It's like, wait a minute, did an episode of Smallville just come yeah, on? Yeah, like, like, what are we doing? <laughs> Make Somebody it me. Has Black Adam taught us nothing? Leave things <laughs> undisturbed. Oh. Nobody saw that movie. <laughs> People did. I just don't know who they were. I assume I'll watch Dwayne. it for work. Bought millions of tickets because I don't know anyone that saw it, and apparently, like, literally hundreds of thousands of people have seen it, and I don't know who That's any what of them they say. Are. I'm sure they did. I don't know. I'm gonna have to watch it like three times for work. I'm not gonna go to a theater. Oh, I, I don't know. I, the I last, I feel like a new parent. The last movie I saw was Confess Fletch. <laughs> oh shit! You really don't be out in these streets. Nope. No I need. Think you're still beating me. I think you've still beaten me. So. Go I'll it. go see Black Panther. Oh, yeah. That is it. Oh, I saw Don't Worry, Darling. That's what I saw. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. If you want to talk more about Bray and his spooky entrance themes with people who love them like you do, <laughs> join our Facebook group and follow us on Twitter. Links are down in the show notes. Come on. Look down at those show notes. There's no reason, people. When we come back, we've got three things from the world of wrestling to share with you. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun, and I have a special announcement. I'm no longer embarrassed by my brother, my brother, and me. You know, for years, each new episode of this supposed advice show was a fresh insult, a depraved jumble of erection jokes, ghost humor, and frankly, this is for the best, very little actionable advice. But now, as they enter their twilight years, I'm as surprised as anyone to admit that it's gotten kind of good. Justin, Travis, and Griffin's witticisms are more refined, like a humor column in a fancy magazine. And they hardly ever say Bazinga anymore. So, after you've completely finished listening to every single one of all of our other shows, why not join the McElroy Brothers every week for My Brother, My Brother, and Me? Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland, and I'm joined by... Danielle Radford. And... Lindsay Kelk. Every week, we like to end the show with a little bit of sunshine mm. by sharing the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. Watch my three count. Danielle, what would you like to put over? I am putting over black people being black as fuck. <laughs> so the premiere of the second Black Panther, the Black Panther sequel, happened this week. And we got to see The New Day, Sasha, Naomi, and of course, and Jimmy. 
looking dope and dripped out as fuck on the red carpet. I always love watching the red carpet photos for anything because everyone always looks good and I'm like a fashion. I don't dress well, but I know what it would be like if I did. And this was one where everyone's dripped out. Everyone looks amazing. Obviously, Sasha Naomi are already there. Say no more, baby. You got me. Big E is there looking just happy to be out and happy as fuck and looking amazing. And I've just missed seeing him on my TV everywhere. But getting to see him again, looking so happy, warmed my heart. Sasha is wearing this fucking crochet dress. I can't even fucking handle how good she looks. Naomi is glowing and they all look so happy. Yay, black black stuff. Wonderful. Lindsay. Obviously, all I want to put over ever is the body slam, body slam, body slam, body slam. Rear, rear, rear. Yes, I um, could have done sure. that a million times. I know, but we just, we, we do, I feel like we covered it. So <laughs> I we? am going to put over the ladder match at Halloween Havoc, the NXT North American Championship ladder match, which was genuinely really fun and good. And I liked the outcome. I'm a big Wesley fan. It was nice to see him finally attain a singles championship after... Having been a tag guy forever and obviously having that partnership be interrupted by Mm. his partner's dismissal and having to vacate those belts through no fault of his. And I'm really pleased to see it working out for him as a singles champ because I think he has a lot of upside. I think he's a super talented, super handsome, uh, really great dude who has a lot of uh, potential to go far. And I thought it was really fun. Him and Carmelo Hayes, actually. Honestly, that whole Mm. last sequence with the two of them... A, it looked like it hurt. <laughs> it looked like someone was going to die, <laughs> which is always fun in a ladder match. And B, those two guys are both just so good and so handsome. I feel like their mum. I'm like, well, they're very good and they're very good looking. And I think that's going <laughs> to stand them in good stead in the industry. So I'm pleased to see it. I want to see those two fight forever now, please. Thank you. Mallow's so good. <laughs> they're both so good. And they're both. Yeah. Just, it was yeah. really fun. It's a really fun match. I do have something from wrestling for you, and that is the TikTok account of a guy who's made it his mission to get chopped by 1,000 professional wrestlers. And they <laughs> range from people like Karrion Cross digging into him at an indie show to Bret Hart giving him a an avuncular pat on the chest. But by and large, one of the interesting things about it is almost always in the video, he, he's like... The wrestler doesn't say, I'm giving consent for him to do this. So there's no way to sort of Mm -hmm. do it. But there's no way for for it to be misconstrued as an attack. This is something that that he often pays for at their signings after shows. Very funny. uh, Worth checking out. But more importantly than that, sometimes there are things more important than wrestling. And the thing that we love about wrestling, one of the things many wrestling fans enjoy is the story of an underdog who goes farther than they ever should. Daniel Bryan, anybody? Somebody who's super skilled but is overlooked and has to just slog through just a swamp of shit to get to the top of the mountain? The mountain. Well, tonight, October 29th, the World Series begins, where the Astros, who have been dominant and are known cheaters, they're the heels, make no mistake, <laughs> <laughs> They're the heels of professional baseball. They have been for a few years now. Face off against a scrappy team that got into the playoffs, were the lowest ranked team in the playoffs, had the least wins of anybody in the playoffs, and have only gone on an incredible run 
that has helped cement Bryce Harper's status as one of the elite players in Major League Baseball. And he sent the Phillies to the World Series with an opposite field home run on a 2-2 count that the Phillies Muse Twitter account has set to Chris Pratt's home run from Moneyball that sends (laughs) the Oakland A's to the record for biggest win streak ever in Major League Baseball. Here's just a little bit of the audio mixed in. Just, uh, it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And this is a wonderful time to be a sports fan in Philadelphia. Not only mm. are the Union doing well, but the Eagles are undefeated. The Phillies mm-hmm. are in the World Series and the Sixers need to get their act together. And now we just need to get that one motherfucker out of here. Vote. Uh, it's a lot of crazy things happening all vote. at once. Everybody vote. Let's all put over the idea of voting. I donated to your Senate campaign, Hal. Thank you. I hope I win. <laughs> that does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Lindsay Kelk and Daniel Radford, along with me, Hal Lublin. You can follow me at Hal Lublin everywhere online, but I'm not going to promote anything. I'm just going to tell you to go vote. Vote early if you can, or show up on election day, but make sure that your voice is heard. Danielle? Yeah, go vote. I like the big dude who actually knows about Pennsylvania. He sounds cool. He sounds better than that other dude who has no shit about Pennsylvania. So that's tight. For me, I've got some stuff. I mean, obviously, honest trailers, blah, blah, blah. If you like me doing funny things on Dropout, I think I'm allowed to talk about the fact that we've like filmed them. When they come out, I'll let you know about them. But yes, also go vote. Go vote. I know everyone's going to be yelling at you about this for the next week. But seriously, this is a, this is a big one. Also, what are we going to do about Twitter? I don't know. That's for later. Bye. Lindsay. Uh, more more voting, please. I voted already because I'm going to be away. Um, so I already sent in my ballot. If you are able to do that, I heartily recommend it. It takes the stress out, takes the pressure out, just... I made a cup of coffee and I sat down with some YouTubes and I read all my things and I made all my decisions and it was a pleasant half an hour out of my day where I knew I was affecting democracy and it made me happy. Mm. Um, Of course that. But then also, yeah, I'm going to be on book tour. So if you want to come and chat to me about voting, please do. Um, I am going to be all over the place. I Starting next week. Good Lord. If you're listening to this on Saturday, my tour starts a week tomorrow. So it starts on November 6th. I'll be in Sheffield. You can come and meet me in Sheffield. All this information's on my Instagram and my Twitter and all those shenanigans. But yeah, Sheffield, Birmingham, uh, Guildford is sold out. But then Brighton, Manchester, Liverpool, Glasgow, Blue Water in Kent, and then Chatsworth House in Derbyshire. We're doing an afternoon tea event there. That's going to be very cool. Uh, oh. And I think London is sold out. But a bunch of places are not sold out. So come along, say hi. We can chat about wrestling talk about democracy i can tell you why a woman should have the rights to her own body or anyone with a uterus should have the right to decide what they want to do with it um or we could just talk about books and wrestling <laughs> it's wide open uh, you got thoughts about midnights bring them um <coughs> let's let's do that <laughs> i am pumped to go home and talk to people i am not pumped to fly or to pack 
but I am thrilled at the prospect of talking to all of y'all. Our producers, the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Uh, uh, <laughs> our producers, the great pumpkin, Julian Burrell, senior How producer of Maximum you. Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Thank you to all the Max Fun members that keep this show going. Keep up with us all week long on all of our social media channels. Those are in the show notes. That's also where you can find the official Tights and Fights t-shirt. I assume there was an echo on that. We'll be back next week for more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fights. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.